Thanks, friend. Well, I see I still make the front page. Yes, Bill, I made you famous. My dear Storm, I quite understand you being overwrought and you lost your dog. Why take it out on me? He wouldn't run away from me for nothing. He saw you and ran after you. You must have seen him. Maybe have dinner. I'm hungry. Hello and welcome to All the Best Lines. My name is Adam. Who's this handsome dude? My name is... Are you f***ing? Sorry. <laughs> I jumped the gun. I jumped the gun. I wasn't uh, talking to you this, anyway. Oh, that's true. Uh, this handsome devil's <laughs> name is Smokey. Hello, Adam. All right. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. We've been talking for half an hour. Why are you asking me? Oh, I don't know. It seems like the done thing to do for podcasters when they somehow <laughs> meet up on Zoom and then make out like they haven't been on the call already for half an hour. I know, it's really frustrating when that happens, isn't it? Yeah, like all that guff we talked about, like your job <laughs> and the lockdown. Let's talk about it all again, because everyone loves it when no, that happens at the beginning of a podcast. <laughs> let's, let's not, let's not, let's, how about we tell people what we're doing here today? Okay. After you. Oh, me, okay. Um, so this is a new show, right? So I mm. am something of an old movie weirdo. And know a yep. lot about old movies. And Smokey knows about old movies. So we thought, what we do, Smokey would say to me, I like this kind of film. And I would say, well, you should watch this kind of film then and see where the idea germinated in the past. So that's basically the concept of the show. We're going to talk about old movies that have some kind of relevance to your tastes. Absolutely, yeah. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't have worded that any better myself. Just to fill some people in on who we are, just in case they don't know. As I said, I'm Adam. Well, that's true, but my friend Adam over there, he is the host of the wildly popular podcast of Attaboy Clarence and uh, The Secret History of Hollywood. Mm. Wonderful uh, <laughs> You can bleep it. Wonderful stuff, it's, I must say. It's fine, you can bleep it. The, uh, the the people in Florida who don't like swear words will marvel at the fact that you've put a boop. <laughs> yep, they will invade a target, refuse to wear a mask, and complain about us wearing. You just lost all of them. Well done, Smokey. What was that, three minutes? Uh, nice one. Uh, that's that's one state out of 50, mate. I've got a long way to go yet. <laughs> it's fine. Sorry, sorry to all you sane Floridians out there. Uh, and and I myself am a host of the moderately popular uh, horror podcast of Rated H. I think you could say it's mod- moderately popular. I think it's wildly popular. Same as mine. In, in uh, Italy. In Italy, yes. Yes, we were side by side in the charts. It was... Awesome. It was very freaky. <laughs> I know. Very, very bizarre. Yeah, I can't remember who was in front, though. Never mind. It's, it's like when you go. see two butterflies making love in the air. It's exactly it? like that. It was exactly like that. Okay. That's exactly what it was it, like. I mean, I, I, I never knew that I needed to know that little factoid, but I'm glad I do. I know that that's what it was like because I went for a walk today. You, being the cave troll that you are, have never walked. For pleasure. No idea. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. How did you know that? Never mind. Okay. So, as Adam said, this is all about finding out uh, older films uh, for for me to watch and learn and respect and enjoy. However, we kind of build this as a sort of expert and novice. Not really a novice. I am learning every week due to Adam's wonderful popular film club that he runs. Thank you. I I, I am getting there. I am getting there. My knowledge is, is growing. I don't, I don't, like, I'm not not trying to pass myself off as an expert to your novice. I do think that I've probably seen more old films than most people. And um, so. I've always wanted to kind of come up with some kind of way, taking someone who wants to learn about old films and saying, oh, don't go with Gone with the Wind and Casablanca and, you know, The Wizard of Oz and stuff. You should try the B-movie route, you know, they're, they're way more fun. And there are so many hidden gems from the golden age of Hollywood that are often overlooked. So I'm hoping that with this show, Smokey, we can introduce mm-hmm. uh, those kinds of films to people instead of just, you know... Because people look at the the you know the top ten from the golden age and they see Citizen sure. Kane, which is kind of a good... Well, no, it's an amazing film, but kind Steady. of in, impenetrable to someone who just wants to be entertained. It's more about technique than it is about... You know, being entertained and gone with the wind, people look at the running time and sure. they say, oh my goodness me, you know, I can handle something like that. But, you know, those it, are films. It, it, I it think is a behemoth of a film, that one. Yeah, it's a ma- an amazing film. And, you know, what a piece of artistry and piece of production. But I think that's the kind of film that you should work up to, definitely. I mean, you know, people weren't assaulted with that kind of stuff 
in the golden age they they you know sure. they had years and years and years and years of silence and chaplains and you know thrillers and musicals Absolutely. and everything before yeah. they got to that kind of splendor so i think mm-hmm. that's what we should do let's build a story me and you i am laying the bricks already my friend to build <laughs> that story i thought you were shifting um, sort of weird in your seat i know i know let's not talk about that i i see the doctor on monday um but it's <laughs> i i mean it is very funny you you say that though which is that I I have actually kind of done what you have described. I mean, you know, I I have seen Citizen Kane and Casablanca and uh, and then uh, Double Indemnity, and so I kind of started with the big hitters, and then obviously through your shows and uh, through various uh, things on TV and whatnot, have gone back and viewed several other uh, Golden Age uh, pieces of cinema, and it, it's it's something that um, being someone uh, as i am which is very into my horror is it's uh, it's a genre and a time that i'm not really that familiar with but i but i am growing i am learning and as long as let's just put this on front street straight away as long as adam doesn't bring too many musicals then i'm going to remain happy you're going to be very unhappy <laughs> <laughs> However, we are going to avoid all of that because I am going to be suggesting the uh, the genre for Adam to pick for us. And as is the case, I suggested the uh, the genre for the very first episode of the show. Mm. And uh, and I asked Adam for a thriller. Well, that was a very good choice because one of my favorite films of all time is a thriller. And it's a film that not many people have heard of. It's a film actually that I've showed to the film club that we attend every Sunday evening. That's right. And every single person I've ever showed this movie to has fallen in love with it. I was on the Film Guff podcast, and they said, give us an obscure recommendation from the golden age that we can watch and review. Mm -hmm. So I gave them this movie. They went away, and they all picked it as one of their top watches of the year at the end of the... The, uh, uh, their uh, end of the year review. It's one of those films S- that... Say what you want about those lads. They're cleverer than they look. <laughs> well, you just said what you wanted to say about them. <laughs> 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 what are you saying about their looks? <laughs> Nothing. They're beautiful. I think they look very clever. <laughs> anyway. So, so... <laughs> That's, um, yeah. <laughs> Nice one. <laughs> Thank you. Well, cleverer than they look. What are you saying? <laughs> um, yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, they're lovely guys. I think they look they like a trio of Einsteins. You're going to be hammering the bleep buns on this one. So That's anyway, fine. this is a movie. It's a British movie as well. Yeah. So it doesn't actually fit the, the you know, the Hollywood mould, but... I stand by the fact that this is one of those films that once you see it, it lodges itself into your top ten. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a very fresh script. Like, the script is very, very modern feeling. You know, I don't know what the, the word is, contemporary. But, yeah, if, okay. you, if you watch the script, the, the interplay between the main characters is brilliant. The relationships are just acidic and caustic and witty, and it's just a very clever, clever script. And I love it, and I will preach about it to the end of time. It's called Obsession, and it's mm. from 1949. stars Sally Gray, Norton Wayne, and the amazing Robert Newton. So, just to fill in the blanks, uh, this is the second time I, I watched this, uh, rewatched this today. Uh, you and I watched it together several months ago. Yeah, uh, in preparation during the for old, this night. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> during, during the old lockdown. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some people went away and decided to make a 14-hour podcast instead. So, you know, that's fine. It's, it, it doesn't matter. We, we, we can put this to one side for that. Whoever so did that um, is a wastrel. I know, an absolute scoundrel and a bounder. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I rewatched it again today, and uh, I remember enjoying it the first time round. Although we watched it very late, if I remember correctly, the first time, and I was I was a few beers in by that point, so I didn't remember all of it. Yeah, it was um, like seven p.m. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, everything you said is is correct. I don't think, to be perfectly honest, it will it has entered anywhere near my top ten though. From what you, from how you described it, I thoroughly enjoyed See it. Ya. I think it's a very good film. <laughs> uh, right, that's it. We're done. Episode one. <laughs> Uh, but it's a thoroughly enjoyable film. Mm-hmm. Um, shall we warn people that we probably will be spoiling this somewhat if they haven't seen it? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think you really... I mean, the, the revelations come every sort of ten minutes in this film, so, yeah. We're going to be talking about the plot, obviously, so we can't... 
If you want to go ahead and watch it, then it is out there on the tube site. So go ahead and watch it first. And then tell it is it is readily available out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> whether this will become a feature or not, but uh, gush of the week is for Sally Gray. Who? <laughs> Who? Sorry, I've never heard of her. She she's she's luminous, mate. <laughs> she is incredible. She's one of those actresses that you see her and you just go, "What? Please let me." somehow find the knowledge to be able to build a time machine. Look, I've got something to show you, actually. I have a signed this picture. This is going to work on an audio podcast. I have a, signed, I have a signed picture of Sally Gray. I'm you do have a signed now. picture. Oh, yeah. wow, she looks lovely. Mm. Yeah, so, so, sorry, uh, uh, listeners. Uh, uh, he is showing me a picture, which doesn't help you, but... Uh, yeah. It's fair to say I have a thing for Sally Adam's Gray. not used to this partnership <laughs> thing on a podcast. <laughs> not, no. He's, he's still learning, bless him. He's such I a novice. I, I enjoy the nudity part of it, but I'm not sure I enjoy the uh, the vocal interplay. Nice nipples. <laughs> yeah, Sally Gray has been a main feature on my uh, my other show, Attaboy Clarence, for well since 2014, when I reviewed this yeah. movie. Actually, I have this utter wow. crush on her. She's incredible. Mm. She was very good friends with Fred Astaire, actually. They, oh, really? Yeah, he kind of discovered her as an actress on the stage oh. and sort of shot her into British movie stardom and she starred in... She was a bit of a thing for a couple of years during her career and she mm-hmm. then she went and married into the nobility in Britain and kind of retired. It's a shame. She's extraordinarily beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. She had a good old long life, though, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had an incredible voice as well, like... The Mariella Frost drop of her day. Wow, my word, that's that's high praise, that is. Thank you. I'm the Mariella Frost drop of my day. Uh, we know you are. I'm yeah. lying. Well, since Mariella Frost drop is the Mariella Frost drop. I've had. <laughs> She's still alive. Yeah, no, it's 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 the it's the hair that we compare you with mostly. The Mariella Frost drop hair. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's about the same as yours, isn't it? Really. Yeah, yeah, especially on the chest. Yeah, we have the same. <laughs> We have the same um, diamond of hair between our bosoms. Are you saying that Mariella has a hairy chest? <laughs> anyway, obsession. Uh, the film, that is, not Adam's obsession with uh, with, Sal- with Sally Gray. Um, so, obviously, I know very little about all the, uh, the main players of this show. Although, really, technically, there's only really four main parts to this film. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah. I mean, there there are a couple of bit parts in there, uh, you know, and um, we should give a little uh, rundown of the plot, really, shouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. you've got a doctor called Clive, uh, very mm. upper class, and his wife, yep. give us the name, Smokey. Sally Gray plays a woman called... Storm. Storm. Now, I haven't seen a good Storm since the Storm from The X Factor. Do you remember him? Uh, Halle Berry. Okay, there's two, three now. Uh, Take it back. Anyway, so um, <laughs> so his wife Storm is um a little bit disillusioned with her marriage, so she's gone yeah. to find affection elsewhere. And mm-hmm. there have been a string of gentlemen. Yeah, it sounds like she's done it more than once. Yeah, I think uh, Clive reaches the end of his tether. I think that's the phrase you use. Mm. So he comes back one night, yeah, determined yeah. to put an end to her latest romance with Phil Davis. Phil, no, mm-hmm. Phil Davis. Phil, Phil Davis. <laughs> Phil Brown. Phil Brown. That would have been a film, wouldn't it? Phil, Phil Davis is very, very different. <laughs> What's his name again, Smokey, in the film? Bill Cronin. Bill, that's it. Yeah, so he... who, who most, most people will know, well, most mm. people, sort of, our generation will know as uh, Uncle Owen from Star Wars. Yeah, Uncle Owen from Star Wars, yeah. So he arrives back at Storm's house, all, all set mm-hmm. for a night in on the sofa, and oh, yeah. her husband is out, but he's not out, he's in. He's in the corner with a gun. <laughs> So he basically he's not out easy. He's not out. He was the Al, pa- Al Pacino of his day. He's in like Flynn. <laughs> he's not though, unfortunately. He wishes he was. Yeah, no, he's not. No, he's in. He's in as F. And so he's basically in the shadows. He threatens. Um, he threatens the uh, the romantic couple. Storm storms off to bed. Ironically, nice. Thank you. How long have you been sitting on that one? Well, this is all coming out on the fly. <laughs> and um, and then he marches Bill out of the house. Yep. Fade to black. Now, it's very important you fade to black there because, you know, Storm's not sure what's happened and we are not sure what's happened. No. Which makes for kind of a delightful setup, really, because the news reports start filtering out in the next 
in, in, in the ensuing scenes that this American guy, Bill Cronin, has vanished. Mm. Uh, Storm assumes that Clive has murdered him and tries... Uh, what I love about this film are the mind games that they kind of play with each other. That oh, yeah. scene where Storm turns up to his office trying to make out that she's had a letter from him and, you know... Um, it's all it's all fine and Bill's you know annoyed with you but he forgives you kind of thing and yeah I love that scene it's it just shows up the fact that you know that's a really well thought out script you know they're not sure. really talking to each other through no. a script writer they're talking to each other through the mind games they're trying to play it's, it's very clever. absolutely yeah I'll, I'll tell you that I have to admit that that scene you're you're uh, referencing is I, I really like that scene as well and it was more for the fact that Say it's not, but say on on average that scene is five minutes long. Mm. The first two minutes, they're being perfectly calm, they're being mm. perfectly nice, mm. they're being perfectly affable towards each other, and then the last three minutes it becomes acidic and nasty, yep. and they just turn on each other. And it and it's on a it's on a, a coin flip. It's just bang. Oh yeah, right, because, bang, we're just gonna argue, and it's great because she's trying to find out what's happened mm. to Bill, but she doesn't want to admit that she doesn't know what's happened to Bill. So she makes yep. out that Bill's written her a letter, and Clive, yep. you can just see it, he just sl- slides back in his chair. Yeah. He he lights up a cigarette, and he's like, okay, he ah, I see you. I see what you're doing. You need yeah, to play a clip knows. of that scene here, because it is just perfectly written. It's just absolutely perfect. Well, my dear, what brings you down here? Can I have some money, please? How much? Ten pounds. I lost it to my at Bridge. Do uh, you want to lift home? No, thanks. She's outside with her car. By the way, I've had a letter from Bill Cronin. So you've had a letter from Bill Cronin? Yes. When was this? Just before lunch. So he's alive, then? Naturally. Where is he? He doesn't want you to know. May I see the letter? I've burnt it. Well, it's nice to know that he's turned up again. Isn't it? Let me see now. It must be uh, five days since I scared the daylight out of it. Frankly, you know, I didn't think you'd hear from him again. You surely didn't think your petty jealousy would put Bill off? Yes. I wish I hadn't burnt that letter. Then you could have read what I read. Well, go on, I won't tell anyone. Bill's waiting for me, do you hear? Bill's waiting for me. He loves me and wants me to divorce you. He's waiting for me and loves me as you've never loved me. When are you off, my dear? Oh, by the way, what did Scotland Yard say? Scotland Yard? Yes, won't they please? You surely told them of your letter. Why should I? Well, really, my dear, the yard has spent the most strenuous few days searching high and low for Bill Cronin, dead or alive. The police on the continent, in the States, they're still searching for him. And you know where he is, but you must tell them at once. It was a private letter. Now, now, just a minute. I come into this too, you know. You? But of course. Since you told me about the letter, I'd be an accessory if I kept the knowledge to myself. Well, there's the most awful penalty for that. Hundreds of pounds, or jail, or something. My course is played. Who are you phoning? Scotland Yard. Put that down. Put that down! So, he's waiting for you, and he loves you as I have never loved you. Well, well. I hate you. <laughs> and you can tell, you can just feel the hate from them both it's brilliant and it ends with a uh, storm storming out again of the office you're loving that uh, thank you and then clive doing a very mysterious thing he walks uh, from his office and into a pharmacy kind of chemics lab mm. behind his office and starts yeah. mixing and a uh, very suspicious looking this this kind of reminded me of dr fibes a little bit mm. it was that uh, it had that kind of fibe vibe about it, <laughs> it was, thank you my turn <laughs> So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, thank you. <laughs> you gotta um, eat this there, thing. there was just a, a little bit. Actually, actually, talking about sort of um, horror legends, if you will, um, Robert Newton, who mm. plays Clive, do you think he has a bit of the Bella Lugosi about him? Mm. It's got the kind of the eyebrows, the kind of the sneer. I guess. And something a bit menacing. He's a bit it, like. It just struck me. He's a bit like um, later Lugosi, who's yeah. been on the pies. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's got a bit more heft to him. Yeah, Don't he's, get me wrong. He's a bit like. Um, I mean, in this, he's just like a toad, isn't he? He's. Uh, <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, yes, he's like he a is. he's like a yeah. growling, slithering toad all the way through this. But I mean, ten years before this film was made, he was a massive deal. British cinema, you know, Jamaica in. He was the, the hero in that with you know Hitchcock's last film in, in England. He was a very famous, probably the most famous Golden Age. Long John Silver in a in an adaptation oh. of Treasure Island, so a right very there. very very big deal. I think by forty nine he kind of settled into these sort of you know more middle aged roles, and this is an absolutely incredible role for him. He is spectacular throughout he is this. Brilliant. He is at he he is. I mean, obviously you do have the Storm and the Bill sort of characters, and they're fine. They're great, mm-hmm. and um, well, I mean Phil Brown. Struggles a little bit later in, on in the film, I think, but we'll come to that. But um, mm-hmm. sorry, mate, I, I'll just say, but uh, but no, Newton, I think is he, he's wonderful. He's the anchor of the film for me. Yeah, completely. I think Sally Gray, although I want her to be in it more, I think mm-hmm. she's she kind of vanishes after you know the third, the twenty minute mark. She pops yep. up again at the end. She's a bit of a Deus Ex Machina kind of device, really, to get things moving later on and make she make is, phone yeah. calls and things like that. You know, she's very important mm-hmm. in the setup. What I really like is at this point in the film, you don't know what's happened to Bill. Did he murder him? Because you know, this is Phil Brown. It's not you know some star. It's Phil Brown yeah. who no one's ever really heard of. Could could have been killed off after ten minutes. Yeah. You still have this situation as a as a viewer. You don't know what's happened to the guy. You, you know, the wife's trying to find out. She doesn't know, obviously. And, and you've got this doctor who's just this slithering, acidic, nasty, sniping guy. And you can tell he's done something awful. And then you just see him walk from his office. He goes through this bomb. It, this is another reason why this film wouldn't work in contemporary times. Because you need that sort of scarred, bombed London. It kind of becomes part of the plot. You know, it's post-war. He goes out of his office, through his garage, and to this ruin of what was once a housing estate or something, but obviously was bombed during the Blitz. And um, he, he sort of goes underground through this series of corridors and through this steel door to, to what was presumably some kind of basement flat some years before. And there we find Bill, and he's been chained to the wall in this meticulously designed kind of dungeon room. It is. It's wonderful. I'll tell you what... what... I mean, one of my favourite bits of the film is that the Doctor has obviously, as you say, meticulously planned this, and he's drawn a white line on the floor to denote where how far the chain will reach, even when he's outstretched, laid on the floor. Yeah, and that's and that's great, and that's really clever. But but my, my favourite bit of the film, skipping ahead, is later on when he's got the dog in there and he's done the same for the dog. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. He's actually measured where the dog's chain can go and drawn a white line for the dog as well. I, I love, that, I love that he's probably used Bill as a human protractor at some point. You know, put a piece yeah. of chalk in his hand and just dragged him in a big semicircle yeah. around the room so that he knows exactly where he can walk and when he can't. And then he's obviously done it again later on, just, you know, with the dogs. <laughs> I just, I just loved it. I just had a vision of him like lying prostrate on the floor with his arms outstretched, and, and he's just put a paintbrush in his hand and rolled him, and he just paints that circle with his hand. I thought, yeah, oh, it was, it, it made me chuckle. It was absolutely brilliant. But to skip this along, along a little bit, so yes, as you say, Clive has Bill in this ridiculous dungeon, and he's bringing him coffee and martinis and sandwiches and which, uh, which which was brilliant by the way which is that the first thing that bill complains about is the service in the place is that the, the f- <laughs> he's he's chained in a dungeon but the food is really bad <laughs> yeah and the, yeah, he's sick of the drinks and uh isn't there anything decent to read and yeah it's a great yeah. it's I, a- I bet i bet i bet he's from florida smoke <laughs> <laughs> oh, smoke <laughs> I'd like to say to all my Florida listeners, before you go, um, <laughs> I love you all. <laughs> if you're still there, we do love you all. <laughs> so basically, oh, what the, the whole plan is revealed through a conversation they have. What he wants to do is he wants to... His plan is to kill Bill. He doesn't say when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. Kill Bill! Yeah. Yep. And cleverly dispose of the body and he doesn't state exactly how. And the reason for it is, is that he wants to create this sense of doubt in Storm's mind 
so that she will always fear him. She will never know what's happened. She will always be in doubt about what's happened and hopefully, you know, torture her. That's what he's trying to do, mentally yeah. torture her with um, yeah. uncertainty. Um, so this is his plan. And we then arrive at this kind of relationship between Clive and Bill, which is... <laughs> For me, what keep me, keeps me coming back to the film, I love the conversations yeah. they have. They it's call great. each other pal. You know, they have drinks. Yeah. They, you know, he, you know, what are you going to do with me? Well, I'm going to kill you, of course. You know, um, I'm not going to tell you how, but you can't see into yeah. that room, can you? It's, it's, it's all very genteel. You can tell yeah. they hate each other's guts, but they also love each other to bits. It's, yeah. um, it's a brilliant, brilliant relationship. I love the way it's written. It's it's fantastic, and also it, it's it's what's really clever is that regardless of the fact that Bill is obviously scared of his uh, uh, what is apparent is going to be his eventual fate at the hands of Clive, <laughs> um, Stockholm syndrome comes in very quickly, mm-hmm. and um, he does long for the moments where Clive is coming to bring him his food and his drink and to just have some human interaction for just a few minutes every day. I mean, a, a couple of times he begs him to stay just so he, they can talk. Yeah, and he does. That's the thing. Clive yeah. Clive actually really likes Bill. He says to him, you know, dozens of times throughout the film, you know, I'm really sorry I've got to do this to you. I, th- yeah. you're, I think you're all right, actually, you know. And uh, What would you like? Would you like a drink? I'll get you a drink. It's fine. I'm sorry I've got to I've yeah. got to murder you in cold blood. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, this, this isn't 10 Rillington Place. This mm. is just, uh, you know, this is a very different kind of... And, and I wouldn't even class him as a psychopath. I mean, he is no, just... he's not. No. Uh, he, no, he's a fully functioning person who has been wronged, and he's taken it to revenging the, the being wronged, but he's taken it to the extreme. So, yeah, okay, absolutely. yes, I mean, Clive, Clive if you will, is quote unquote the bad guy, mm-hmm. but there is a tiny bit of sympathy for him, a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though, even though he is imprisoning someone and going to kill them, there is a bit of sympathy for him there. There's a very important point to be made. I won't make it now because it will spoil the plot, but later on in the in the film, the final scene between him and Finsbury, when we mm-hmm. get to that, there is a very important yep. point to be made about this film. You know, he is, he, he is a very wronged guy. I won't make it just yeah. now. But, um, when, no, when no, we no, get that's there, fine. We'll get there. Um, we'll yeah. get there. But, um, but anyway, the, so the, the plot carries on um, with yeah. uh, Storm trying to work out what's happened to Bill, uh, mm-hmm. an appearance of Superintendent Finsbury, who's this, you know, mm-hmm. one of those sort of magically gifted police officers who can walk yeah. into a room, say, I know that guy did it, so I'm going to hound him throughout the entire film. You can tell he knows that Clive has got him somewhere or has done something. Yeah, he reminds me a little, not a lot because he's a bit more clued in, but he reminds me a little of um, of Doyle from uh, Rear Window. Yeah. A, a little bit like that. It's sort of very very cocky, but not too much, whereas Doyle was a bit, a lot more cocky. But it's it, there is that kind of vibe going on there for he's, me. He's definitely got like a British genteel Columbo vibe. You know, it's like he walks into a room, says what he needs to do, uh, says what he needs to say, and then as he's walking out, he goes, oh, another thing. by the way... Um, yeah. you know, oh, what happened to your dog? Or, you know, oh, yeah. I saw you carrying this thing, you know. You can just tell he knows. Um, yeah. I d- let's, let's, let's talk about the dog, shall we? Okay, let's talk about the dog. Okay. So Storm, <laughs> Storm has a dog called Monty. Yes. And now Monty becomes quite pivotal to this, uh, this story. It's actually, the original story that this film was based on is called A Man About a Dog. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Mon- Monty is an annoying little um <laughs> It's a poodle. And, uh, well, is it, is it? It's a weird type of It's a fluffy, fluffy white thing. thing but, yeah. um, mm-hmm. okay. Right, That's so, the actual breed. Right, see. Oh, <laughs> so you're, you're not going to like this, but this is where it falls down a little bit for me, the film. There are a couple of moments that just bring it down from a, a perfect end to what we'll get to eventually. Oh, come on. It's, it's a little too far-fetched for me. The, the the training the dog to drain a bathtub, you know. Come on. Okay, so let's just uh, um, we might as well talk about what's actually happening. So Clive is in a room where uh, there is a bathroom that he can reach, and another bathroom yep. that he can't reach and can't see into. And every time that Clive yep. visits him, he brings a hot water bottle and empties something into the bath he can't see. One day, Monty the dog follows Clive down into the cellar. And Bill manages to catch mm-hmm. Monty the dog, which, of course, makes Storm suspicious because her dog has gone missing. And he was last yep. seen with Clive, which causes her to call the police. And because of 
Uh, Storm's association with Bill, they assigned Superintendent Finsbury to the case because something funny is happening. So that's basically how the police get onto Clive's trail through the dog. So um, for the second half of the film, Monty is stuck in the room with Bill. and we That s- room is going to stink. <laughs> I think Bill's very hygienic. <laughs> where, where, where is the dog poo? It oh. would be everywhere. Bill is very hungry. <laughs> There's more than one way to get a hot dog. Oh, mate. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's skip on from that, shall so, we? So, <laughs> um, uh, Clive reveals his plan to Bill that he's been making acid in his uh, chemist shop yeah. and that the bathtub is almost full of acid. And then when mm-hmm. Clive kills Bill, he will be dissolving his body in the acid and flushing him down the drain. So, surreptitiously, Bill has begun to train Monty to pull the plug out of the bath he can see so that when Clive is not there, he can send Monty into the bathroom to pull the plug out. And much mm. tension is derived from the fact that um, Monty keeps falling into the good bath. <laughs> the good bath. The good bath. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good boy in a good bath. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, mate. You've, you, I mean, all right, I could give it a bye, but it, it takes the mick a little bit. It's not realistic. No, not like it's Terminator not. Two it's... or something. You no, mean. no. Let's let's oh 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 let's let's not start <laughs> with that, shall we? No, I, you know it's it's, it's it's a plot device. You know, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. So Bill has obviously been training Monty, and he thinks he's getting the upper hand over Clive, mm. which. It's kind of hard to tell because obviously we know what's going on, but Clive doesn't. But then we also know the stuff that Clive is doing and that Bill doesn't know. So yeah. this is great. This is this is wonderful. This is ratcheting up the tension. Before we carry on, I would just like to, to ask you a question. Is that um, do you think this film holds the world record for the number of hot water bottles on screen at any one time? How many are there on screen at one time? A lot. A lot. I couldn't count because there was too many. It was. I mean, I, I don't think I've seen a film with more hot water bottles than this one. No, but now you've said it, I'm going to be watching it. I'm pretty sure that Fellowship of the Ring, there was a scene in there. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Astin's basically a hot water bottle anyway. <laughs> Unnecessarily harsh, but true. So, um... Uh, yeah, but but this is great. So as you say, so um, Superintendent Finsbury is is getting more and more involved. He takes Clive's gun, yeah. which which is is a little bit of a MacGuffin because it doesn't really mean anything. No, the gun the gun's in the very first scene, isn't it? In the gentleman's club. Yeah, and there's this big yeah. thing about oh my god, don't take my coat because it's got my gun in it. You know, and all it yeah. basically boils down to is that he uses that to threaten Bill into the. Th- the cellar but that's kind of it though yeah and uh, he fires a warning shot doesn't he well he does yeah but then bill is sort of yelling at him later in the film of sort of saying haha you can't kill me because the police still have your gun and then he gets the gun back and nothing happens about it it doesn't matter about the gun yeah yeah but it doesn't um they give him the gun back because they can't prove anything mm. and that kind of makes him feel safe uh- Enough to kill Bill, doesn't it? I guess so, but it still doesn't really mean anything, though. I mean, he he was still going to kill Bill, regardless of whether he had the gun or not, because he poisons him with his martinis. So, mm. it it's I, I'm saying I'm saying the gun's a MacGuffin. The gun is the gun is um a way of um uh, Clive keeping Bill alive longer, isn't it? Because um until until um I I, don't, I, I can't say See? for sure. Mind about... blown, Adam. Mind blown. <laughs> yeah, you blew my. You hadn't mind. thought of this. Yeah, you, re- you really have. Wow. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'll sleep tonight, to be honest. <laughs> no. Sorry. It's okay. I'm very aroused. <laughs> Just say that again slower. Very our, aroused. Our, 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 our female listeners will just triple. <laughs> very aroused. There we go. No, I, I, Damn yeah. it. Damn it. It's worked on me now as well. <laughs> Oh, your screen's gone all smudgy. <laughs> that's because you just aroused me. You <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so um, we get to the point in the plot where... <laughs> you know what? You take over the plot. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's your turn. <laughs> Thank you. I can't talk anyway right now. I'm talking to uh, a big drip on my screen. Yeah. Hey, how dare you. 
Well, uh, through a series of, I have to say, the weakest part of the script for me is the part where um, Finsbury and Storm are waiting for a phone call about a license plate in Storm's house. Oh, see, I kind of liked that. I thought it was all right. Yeah, he puts out like a, the British equivalent of an APB on the license plate, and uh, a policeman just happens to find the car in a garage after looking for a cat. Oh, that bit. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, and then, I agree and then with remembers yeah. this. Cat shows him where the car is. Yeah, and then remembers that that's the license plate he was looking for and puts a call in and then, yeah, just managed to get there in time. But basically what happens is Clive arrives and says, tonight's the night, Bill. Sorry, you're you're about to die now because I need you out of the way. And Bill says, well, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to let you near me to kill me. And he, and he says, well, basically you've already drunk the drink. You're, you're actually on your way to being dead now. Yep, tough luck, mister. Yeah, so, uh, so Bill says, oh, well, joke's on you, pal. Look into the, uh, look into the other bathroom. And, and so he does. And Monty has successfully managed to pull out the plug and drain away the Yay. acid. So now that he has a body on his hands, I think he literally says that, you've got a body on mm. your hands. And um, just at that moment, the police arrive. They the do, they do. Yeah, kick it in a really weird scene where they blame the policeman who found the car, which is really weird. Because <laughs> I know I, he closes, I know he closes the door on the, the car, but it's sort of going, oh, you found the car, but you locked the door. Oh, well done. It's like, <laughs> oh, come on, give him a break. He's just found the kidnapper's car. So you, Be nice. You saved this no. guy's life, but you closed the door. I'm sorry. Yeah. Busting yeah, you down. No. Yeah, you're done. You're on traffic duty for the rest of your career. <laughs> You're Sean Connery in Untouchables. You're, you're going to warn people about picking up litter. Yeah, it's just... There's a niche reference, by the way. But, but this was great, though. I mean, the, the sort of reveal when the old Bill... Uh, sorry, when the police, for you American people. Uh, uh, when they find... When they find... <laughs> sorry. When they find... When they find him, they just... It's like they don't care. It's like, oh, he's alive. All right. It's, it's like they kind of preferred to find him dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? So this is this is what I was going to say. This is the point I was going to make earlier on. Oh, okay. This is a thriller about a murderer who doesn't murder anyone. So the whole thing, he is a wronged man. Yep. And what happens in the final scene? He says, well, you know, I hold my hands up. I was going to do it. What will I get? And Finsbury, you know, the supernaturally gifted detective says, well, let's be honest, you didn't actually do anything. In the end, did you? No. So um, you'll probably get a couple of years and a, a slap on the wrist, and and uh, hope you learned your lesson. It's a it's a film in which you swear that something more evil has happened. Yeah. But what does he actually do in the end? You know, he, he just no, imprisons no. this guy, and um, he does. I mean, oh, okay. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. That's a bad. Thing. Oh, it's a bad thing. Oh, yeah, and everyone learns yeah. their lesson. I mean, Storm. You kind of get <laughs> you can't, you kind of get the feeling that Storm's probably not gonna mess with Clive again. If she no. stays with him, but um, no. but yeah, all he does at the end of the day is bring drinks to us to a dungeon. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he feeds him, he waters him, he uh, forgive the term, but he stimulates him intellectually. <laughs> Don't do that. Do what? Do what about? <laughs> but he does. I mean, apart from the what's it called? What's it classed as? Not false imprisonment. It's um, enforced imprisonment, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, kidnapping, whatever you will. And so compare that to murder one. Then he's going to get off pretty damn lightly. This is a a film in which, like, you you finish it and you go, "Wow, that Clive was, a b-. you know, um, um, you know, he, what he was a murderer and he was this." And you go, "Hang on a minute, no, no one actually died." But you, you nope. it's like your brain tells you that he's murdered someone or done yeah. something worse than... It's yeah. It's very clever. <laughs> it is. It's, it's excellent. Um, I would just like to point out a little um, plot contrivance, which another one which I, I wasn't really a fan of. Stop it. Was, uh, just, just one more. Just one more. Shh. Was, um, <laughs> was, uh, if you've enjoyed this recap uh, of been... Suspicion from 1949, switch off now and go and watch the film. Don't listen to what Smokey's about to say. Yeah, you could do that, or you could, or you could listen to what we're actually talking out uh, about, which is obsession and not suspicion. I don't know where Adam's coming from there. I didn't say that. But, um, you must have misheard yes, me. Yes, you did. No, you said suspicion, my friend. Anyway, what, um, so, what film were we talking about? Obsession. Damn it! I was. I've been talking about suspicion. For no, you have not. No, you have. All not. right, fine. Do I got not, it wrong. Fine. Do not pull that fast one on us. I'm saying us, me and the listeners, you. <laughs> 
Anyway, so because uh, Clive and Bill... Shush. So because Clive and Bill have been spending so much time together, it turns out that apparently Clive has been picking up uh, some colloquialisms from, from Bill and uh, in the, of the guise of the term, thanks, pal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Superintendent Finsbury finds that a little bit odd, but he doesn't think anything of it. And then he just happens to be in Trafalgar Square and he hears some American Navy... Well, sailors, really... And they keep saying, thanks, pal. And that triggers him. He goes, ah! It's like, well, that's a bit easy, isn't it? Suspicion. (laughs) 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 Yes, he does have suspicion. That's correct. Create suspicion. I don't know what you were referring to. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just saying it's a little easy for my liking. Mm. Okay, fine. Got, oh you didn't like the fact that he trained a dog to pull the, the plug out. You can go to hell. Oh oh no. <laughs> oh dear. I'd say, you know when um there's a scene in this where Clive uh is worried that uh Monty's gonna give the game away, so he he sort of calls Monty over, do you remember? And there's this sort of oh, like, yeah. there's a scene where he's going, Monty, come here. And Bill saying, no, Monty, come here. And it's kind of, who's he going to go to? And if he goes to Clive, he's going to get his neck wrung. And if he goes to Bill, he might save the day. And there's this sort of to and fro. And he goes to Clive, doesn't he? Clive grabs him. And uh, he's yeah. just going to carry him into the bathroom and wring his neck. And we were watching this at Film Club a couple of months ago. Yeah. And um, Brooke, God bless her, who is um, a researcher for the Secret History of Hollywood podcast that I make. She, um, she's a fine mademoiselle, if I remember. She's correctly. a very, very clever mademoiselle, and she um, is a very <laughs> avid dog lover. And she tapped out at this point during film club. Oh, I, I remember that. I yeah. saw her disappear, and I, I went straight over, and I was like, Are "You okay?" She was like, "I can't watch this. I can't watch any violence war dogs." And it is a really tense scene. It's very, very well done. You do it th- is. Uh, no, no, I, I absolutely agree. Just when say they're both yes, calling him to, to, to but uh-huh. uh, hang on, let me just add <laughs> one little bit though. Was that was that I read that scene in a completely different way? Did you? Yeah. Well, I I thought Clive was getting Monty to come to him so he could test out the acid in the bath. Yeah, on the dog. That's what he was going to do. Yeah. Chuck oh, well, it wasn't going to ring his neck. He was just going to throw it in. Right. Fine. Well, either way, you know. I thought he was going to throw him in the Oh, no, no. Just just watch it scream and burn. You know Clyde better than I do, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) We're kindred spirits. (laughs) Why did I get the feeling that it was going to be a two-phase death? I I, I don't know, mate. That's that's more on your psyche than mine. Mm, Perhaps it is. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. See, I didn't know that this podcast was going to lead to you going into therapy, okay, with two mind-blowing things. You were warned. Was I? Oh, okay, fair enough. But, you know, who knew? Who knew that it, it needed you, well, needed me to, to get you to realise this stuff? Wow. My word. Who are you going to get to host this with you from now on? Because obviously I'm going to be know. in a straitjacket somewhere in some Art Deco castle on a hill. Getting electroshock therapy with eels and stuff. I don't know. Uh, anyway, we're at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. It's and, a wonderful uh, film. S- it's, it's a wonderful You're film. Right. But, but, You're right, sorry, Smokey. It me... is the best film ever. Yeah. Anyway, but... and that was all. <laughs> so, too, take care. It's going to be a musical. Bye. Good night. But, uh, <laughs> but the... Um, <laughs> The uh, the final scene though, as you say, between uh, between Clive and uh, Superintendent Superintendent Finsbury is mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah, it's because brilliant. it's it's so it's so gentlemanly. It comes you know, full circle they're, they're, as well. You know, the film yeah, starts yeah. in the gentleman's club and it ends in the gentleman's club, and they're both gentlemen. And it's very, it's a it's a film that's definitely about class and um, you know yeah. those damn Yankees and those damn foreigners and all that kind of you know that British upper class kind of view of the world when really it's the British upper class that are the, yeah. the pompous, you know, insidious <laughs> yeah, basically, they're yeah. the ones doing all this stuff. So it ends with them, it's a beautiful scene, he's sat there and he's having his drink and Finsbury walks in and says, uh, right then, off we go to Scotland Yard and um, the jig's up it's just it's a lovely exchange yeah. I have at the end absolutely but it's funny you mention that though which is the film does open I mean literally opens there's no beginning credits or at least my copy didn't have and uh, it opens with them 
basically the, the English upper class uh, insulting the Americans, uh, insulting the Germans because of the Hitler thing, which is fair dues, you know. They, uh, from from all I've heard, they weren't very nice. Well, they so, have to expect it. Yeah. So yeah. So it does it does kick off with that. But as you say, it, the, the the film then continues into show that the the upper class English people are yeah a bunch of insensitive as well. So I would just like to say you're very brave for saying that because obviously uh, uh, you're an upper class British person. Uh, uh, <laughs> me? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we've met before. Hello, I'm Smokey. <laughs> nice to meet you. Don't, I have no idea who you think I am, but there you go. Well, I've, ne- was... I've, I've never podcasted with anyone who's been sat on a golden throne before. Here, look, just because it gets polished three times a week doesn't mean I'm upper class. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but that was obsession, not suspicion, obsession. Suspicion. Uh-huh. Are you suspicious that it's obsession, or are you obsessed that it's suspicious? I was just speaking speaking my mind. It's coming into my brain, you know, I have suspicion of you. <laughs> you always did, mate. You always did. It's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Love it. Thank you. It's a very good film. I, I love it. It's, 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 you really need to kind of see it you know people telling you about it doesn't really do it justice it's all about the dialogue the mood mm. the caustic atmosphere the the way yeah. it's shot it was directed by edward dimitrick who was one of the hollywood 10 who was basically yeah. exiled from hollywood and came to britain as one of the most talented hollywood directors and just you know couldn't get any work over there because of his communist affiliations so he 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 basically worked over here for a bit and this was one of his his gems it's an absolute masterpiece it's just i agree a total you know a british noir that could easily go toe-to-toe with anything the hollywood was making at the time it's beautifully dark it's Mm -hmm. wonderfully bitter and it's uh it's a it's a really good script definitely definitely go and check it out it's on the tube site it's obsession from 1949 also called the hidden room yes yeah that's actually a very vital piece of information because if you know, I I wasn't in the know. I've told Adam this before. Was that uh, over the years, probably since about the the turn of the uh, the nineteen hundreds up until now, there's been thirty thousand films and TV shows called Obsession. Mm-hmm. That's really annoying. Mm, very yeah. Annoying. Yeah. Everything's called Obsession. Yeah. It's it's yes, Obsession, Adam. That's right. But no, I, I, I have love a this. suspicion that you were going to call it something else. I th- I thought you might. So uh, no, it, this this is this is wonderful. Are we are we rating out of ten? Go are on, we then. are we doing that? Yeah. Okay. I I, I gave it an eight, but I I think on uh, further viewings, which I will do, I think it it may creep up to a nine. I think. <laughs> you don't have to say that just because I'm staring at you with hatred. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, look, I I told you my problems with it. I'm going to be honest. This is what I've got to do. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, no, I I think it's I think it's fantastic. As you say, the direction is beautiful. I mean, here, look, America's loss was our gain. So you know, bring it on. I'm quite happy with that. Cool. And uh, the the as I say, the four main parts all great. The, as I said, the, the 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 only problem I had a little bit was with Phil Brown. The sort of the delirious, drunk, weird acting he did, and especially with the dog, didn't really sit right with me. Um, and also the final scene actually with him and Storm. Oh, that's that's not is, very it's, good. Yeah, it's a little icky when when she decides to go on a, a massive cruise and uh, uh, Monty decides to stay with him. It was like, oh, well, we could have left that scene alone. I, I'm glad we didn't mention it, to be perfectly honest, because it's crap. Um, he but, says, uh, just but, mentioning it. Well, but it has to be done. <laughs> and uh, what, why another point was taken off. So, yeah, uh, eight at the moment, but it could rise to a nine. And I'm assuming that you're giving it a ten. I would give this a ten. But, yeah, I think I think... Um, it clicks with everything I love about movies, and that um, it's it's dialogue driven. Um, it doesn't look, doesn't sound like I love that when I love when you watch a film and it doesn't you can't see the script on screen. That's what I love. Like you know, most films from the golden age, you can kind of you can hear the writer scribbling away, going, "Oh, this will be a wonderful combination of words to use." It doesn't feel like a writer. It feels like they're, they're real characters, and I, I really like that about this film. Sure. I really like the situation. I like the fact that it's a murder film where a murder doesn't occur. I like the fact that um, it's just a very dark, 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 dark marriage situation. <laughs> you know, in a time where marriage was supposed to be promoted as something hopeful and wonderful. And, you know, yeah. I, I just, I, I really click with it. So, yeah, it's definitely good 10 for me. 
definite ten. Yeah, no, it's it it, it is wonderful, and uh, yeah, that was a, a fantastic uh, first choice for us, my friend. Yeah, and one of those films where you know that a lot of people haven't seen. So if you haven't seen it, go and find yes. it and tell us what Please you think. Do. Definitely, yes, yeah, we'll come to that in just a little moment. But uh, before we do, uh, we didn't actually talk about this before we started recording. Impossible. We should have done. Um, but um, did you have a, a pick for the, the next episode? Or should I just fling a genre at you? Fling a genre at me. Okay. Well, I, I obviously my bread and butter is, is horror. I do that on a, on a monthly basis for, for my own show. So uh, let's go for something a little bit lighter, shall we? How, how about a comedy? Oof. <laughs> Oof. Do, I have to say oh, well, what the, I, do I have to say what the choice is now? Okay, I'm going to pick the movie, and we're going to tease it on social media, and we will ask people to guess what they think the movie is going to be. Do you want to share us? I like it, I like it. Um, yes, so you can uh, get in contact with us on, on the old social media. We are on Twitter, at, uh, at Best Lines Pod. Best lines All pod. the best lines was taken, unfortunately. Okay. Best Lines Pod. And, uh, and you, you can also email us at allthebestlines at gmail.com. So there Perfect. you go. I can but tell this, you this that the uh, the film yes. I will be picking straddles both the comedy and the mystery genre. Ooh. Okay. All right. Well, there's there's a clue for some people who are more in the know than I am, because <laughs> <laughs> that means nothing to me. <laughs> Unless you're talking about high spirits, but that doesn't really count. <laughs> that we was a comedy. Guess, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> it's just so I can bust out my Peter O'Toole impression. Oh, I'm gonna bust out my Liam Neeson then. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I will bust it out. <laughs> do you, you do realise these days that busting out your Liam Neeson means something completely different, don't you? <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> Liam Neeson matters. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Yes, he does. Okay. So, uh, for the very first episode of All the Best Lines, this was a hell of a lot of fun, my friend. It was fun. It was very fun. It's nice to was have another question, place to Was talk there a to. question mark at the end of that? <laughs> it was fun? Suspicion! <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm suspicious that this was fun for Adam, but there you go. So, um, yeah, I, I, I have no idea how to end this show, do you? Bye. <laughs> I'll I tell you what, here's a good one. All the best. Lines. Oh, no, no, you just made it cheesy now. <laughs> Suspicion. Suspicion.